right, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 312, 312, 312, covering all the ways we can say it, but it's the one after 311. And uh, my name's Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, and I'm here as always with... I'm Ron. And John. And we, again, are going to be talking about a lot of stuff on today's episode. We're going to try to make it, make it really efficient, nice and lean, not so mean, but just no. very informative. And, lean and uh, clean. Lean and clean. That's a, <laughs> that's a good option, John. I like that. Much more positive. I like it. Yeah, okay. um, but yeah, we got some feature reviews that we're going to talk about in a moment. But just to start the show off, um, between recording last week and this week, a pretty big trailer came out that has been kind of sought after for many months. And it's the trailer for uh, Marvel's newest Spider-Man entry uh, that Sony's going to be releasing in December, Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm. Um, you know, this week was CinemaCon, which is like a big convention uh, out in Vegas. And it was rumored that this was going to be one of the big drops on, what was it, Monday night? Yeah. Uh, um, and funny enough, the night before it's dropped, it made the news even beforehand that somebody apparently had leaked um, an unfinished bootleg of a bootleg or a TikTok yeah. of a phone or you know whatever yeah. that <laughs> inception with the with the with the, <laughs> with the person who has access to their watermark watermark. Yeah. So like, oh man, they're screwed, man. Yeah, there's no doubt that that person. Uh, so that was the video Monday. that was the video because yeah. i found a link i was so curious at a certain mm -hmm. point and i'm you know yeah. trailers are trailers anyway so i was like yeah. okay if this is really a trailer it's not going to spoil that much i'm curious what people are talking about and so i found i guess i thought i was looking at some bootleg of the bootleg but i guess oh, i no. looked at i looked at what it was which is like yeah. an awkwardly oriented shot of an awkwardly oriented phone that yeah. was showing um a, a, a clearly a a version of the trailer that we we saw very soon after that, which which just didn't have any effect shots in it and had it just in general felt very unfinished. Right. But it was sort right. of enough there to make me go, oh, wow, yeah, this is really it. Like, this is not this is not the Hawkeye trailer. Right. <laughs> you beat me to it. Beat me uh, to but it. I mean, like, this is like it, you could knock together something with elements and make it look shitty enough that someone would someone a very smart very educated person <laughs> might might think it was real if they were squinting at it in the early right. morning hours. Um, very small. Um, after a few glasses of wine the night before. So, but but at any rate, I think that there is a kind of thing where there was hype for this trailer and there was hype for why it wasn't coming. And so this leak before the trailer, it almost kind of added to the. It didn't take away from it in, my, in a sense. It kind of added to it for me because then it was like, okay, now we all know that some of the stuff people are rumoring to be in this movie is in this movie. And then right. when the actual trailer came out, it was you know it was. I think you, Steve, said something about how it was almost anticlimactic to finally actually see the trailer. Yeah. But yeah. I I watched it a few times, and by the time I'd seen it the second or third time, whatever that kind of oh, been there, done that aspect to the information that was revealed, that was gone. And I was just going, oh, my God, I can't wait to see, like, some of these plot turns and some of these some of these things they have in store based on the indications of what the story might be. So, um, yeah. I had, you know, and I also my son, we watch all the Marvel trailers when they come out and he's always a little excited and we talk a little bit about it. So Eternals got him going a little bit. Shang-Chi's had him interested. But after this, I mean, he was like coming up to me for like half a day going, so do you think um, Doc Ock is like, <laughs> da, 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 you know, I think there's, right. you've, said it, you've said it before, Ronald, Spider-Man is kind of the shit for Marvel. Yeah. So yeah. there's something about, there's potency to what they do with that character. So much so that Sony's renamed their universe. Yeah. 
Which like, is still clunky sounding. It still doesn't roll yeah, off the like, tongue. It's like Sony's Spider-Man universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. They're, they're, they're banking on him, man. And um, I don't know what that means for the future of... I don't know what that means for the future of Spider-Man as we know it. Because it seems like Sony has a plan that is definitely beyond what the MCU has planned. That is going to correlate Spider-Man's relationship with these characters that we've never seen Spider-Man in. Venoms, the Carnages, the Morbius. Um, That's coming. But this is what we've been waiting for in the MCU, which is essentially like, uh, you know, the big reveal after the movie with Mysterio being an asshole and giving away, uh, you know, Peter Parker's identity to the world, sharing that with everybody and the the, the effects of that and how he's dealing with the, the fame. It's kind of like this commentary on fame too, because the, the, the likelihood of a person getting famous now, anybody is is very high. So, you know, Spider-Man just becoming a famous person overnight, Peter Parker becoming a famous person overnight is a pretty cool idea that I haven't seen tackled like this. Yeah. I think uh, it'll be interesting because it's like, it's like we talk about it too much, honestly, but like you see the trailer come out and I don't know if you guys saw the numbers that came out today, but it was announced that like, uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer broke the 24-hour all-time record for the most global views uh, since its release, what, Monday night, mm. that it had 355.5 million trailer <laughs> views, mm. which is um, more than the previous holder, which was Avengers Endgame, and that had 289 million. So, like, it almost was, like, almost 100 million more. And, I mean... And that's that's global, and I think like domestic, it's still like one and a half times as many, and even like social media impact um, on uh, what do you, I don't even know what they call that. It's like the mentions in twenty four hour cycles or whatever. Like even that was like um, I thought I saw a number here. We used 2. to call 9, those clicks. We used to call those point, clicks, Steve. Yeah, two point nine one million mentions on social media in 24 hours where Endgame had 1.9, so a million more. And it did that within one, uh, within 12 hours of the trailer mm. coming out. Like it beat the, I, all to just say, like it's been a weird conversation around these big movies coming out in theaters, but there's mm. obviously a very large want to see this movie. And, you know, you've had movies like Suicide Squad come out and not perform. And we're talking about Shang-Chi and what's going to happen with the Eternals and even Venom, like you mentioned, Ronald. There's rumors now that that may be moving off of its October date. And I think, again, that's all going to be dependent on Shang-Chi. But there's no denying that Spider-Man No Way Home is the movie that probably will be either the first back, like, massive hit yeah. or the last one we see. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it, it's still coasting off of something that is very large. You know, it's still yeah. kind of coming out of you know, uh, far from home and, uh, you know, like even the the end game, yeah. you know, after effects still is there and the multiverse and, stuff. Right. And I mean like the Disney plus series, like it's kind of talking to all these things 
but it's like a, it's such a weird thing because you look at those numbers and like you're like oh my god like it was more than Endgame like one and a half times more than yeah. Endgame and this is a single character even though we see Doctor Strange in the trailer but it's just really it's really cool to see the want to see it to be so high and I mean everybody wants to see it and I do feel like the trailer to me at least while I it, you know it makes me super excited to see the movie it's just um you know it's like the the the, the anticipation almost got to a point where maybe it was waiting too long and i'm obviously with these numbers people were dying to see it and yeah. you probably watched it multiple times like you know you said you did john Some like, I'm sure we did, all did. yeah yeah it's just like the kind of thing where you're like it's reassuring to know that a movie like whenever it ends up coming out and it should be around christmas um it does feel like that movie has the best chance at replicating what a, a blockbuster looked like in theaters pre-pandemic yeah. and either it's going to be the first one back or maybe the last remnant of something that was still kind of sticking around. Yeah. And you know, it and Bond probably are the two, but I mean, Spider-Man, like this character is, is, is it right now. I mean, like yeah. this is the one. And this movie um, is super hyped too, you yeah. know, from all right. the stories right. and rumors. And, and I think it looks like a smart story because it looks like the reason we're getting into this multiversal stuff in this movie might be like with Peter Parker, it's always good to have like a personal choice that's like a fuck up that yeah. he's sort of kicking himself for throughout the movie. As much as you hate to see it, that's what Peter Parker does. He messes up and then he kind of like gets, he really overpays for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And I, th I think this trailer serves up a, a cool uh, premise based on all the stuff we've seen before in the MCU. The magic, the use of magic tied in with the kind of sci-fi multiversal stuff. But I also think that it, it there's a... Um, Gosh, what was the? Do you know the the story, Ronald? The Spider Man story that uh, it's a comic book. Uh, one more day or one good day. Uh, I know there was one. One, one more like, day is a four part 2007 comic book crossover storyline connecting the three main star uh, Spider Man series. Basically, it was a story where, like, um, where was the information about it? Um. It's. I think that Aunt May dies, and then, well, well, anyway, a bunch of shit happens, and Spider-Man wants to undo some stuff, and so he goes to a character Mephisto, who's like a demonic character, right, right, and right. he gets to like he gets to like undo things that have happened to him. This feels like you know that MCU way of like dealing in a sideways way with a comic book story. Um, this feels like that. This feels like they're going to give this this, yeah. this Peter Parker personal choice that has earth shaking uh, consequences, and you know it's. It, it can tie in or not to the stuff we saw in Loki. Frankly, it almost looks like a totally different a, a attack at that. But how could it be a different multiverse? You know what I mean? There's going to be some yeah. something come up in this movie. And I, I guess we might be playing around with the what-ifs of the trailer. But a lot of people are theorizing that maybe Doctor Strange is is not truly Doctor Strange. I think that feels a little far-fetched based on what he seems capable of. Yeah. But maybe multiple, ver <clears throat> multiple versions or variants of a character like that will be in this movie. <clears throat> I don't wow. know. I... I only have one gripe with this. Only one. And I bet you can't guess what it is. Uh let me see if I can guess it, what it is. It doesn't have to do with the it doesn't have to do with the movie itself. It has to do with the timing of it. Um, it hurts my feelings a little bit that this came out before Shang-Chi did. Because it took the heat off that movie a little bit. You mean a trailer dropping before? Yeah, the trailer dropping. It, when it seemed like they were saying they were waiting, like when yeah, Kevin Feige, it, like right when he would talk about it, he he sort of seemed like he was saying, "Hey guys, we got a lot of stuff coming out. Give us a there, second. There's something. I gotta be honest, man. There's something that feels like 
old white man about this this move, man. There's something this this movie is a culmination of like this real initiative to to like have diversity in the MCU, right? This thing needs all the attention it can get. It's a new property. People don't really know the character. It needs all the attention that it can get. And right, right smack dab in the middle with the with the like, oh, this is an experiment. And then right before the experiment happens, the experiment happens, you drop one of the biggest trailers in the MCU history for, I mean, because this is like a good time for this thing to come out. I mean, like, we're, we're familiar with Spider-Man. He's evolving right. as a character. We love him. Why the fuck couldn't they have waited until the movie came out a day after? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying like. Or just attach it to it. Yeah, have it. In, have it. Have it. Be the trailer before the movie starts, so you can be yeah. like, "Oh my god, Spider Man! Oh, I'm ready for this movie." It's something so like you have to understand, man. Like, while sometimes things don't seem like they're very intentional to other people, they are very intentional to us. Minorities who really want to fight for for our faces to be on the screen, right? Because it seems like an absence of consideration of these things. Right. It's fucked up. That's that's the only like I don't blame that on Tom Holland. I'm not. That's not Tom Holland's fault. That's not anybody that did Spider Man's fault. It's Disney always doing things like that when it comes to people of color. It's been happening, man. It's so. Well, this isn't Disney. Sony. But it's MCU. Okay, you know what I mean? It's MCU. Though. Yeah, it's, it's MCU. MCU. Yeah, I just don't want to. And it might have been. It might have been Sony's. It might have been Sony's attempt to overshadow MCU just in general, just to be like, "Haha, we we have a movie that's more impactful than the movie that's about to come out." But so God you don't think the leak? It. I mean, you know, I guess the leak is Fuck them, is the leak. Wait. Yeah, just still wait. They could have waited. They could have waited yeah. a little bit. It's it's coming out the fifth. It's not like it's coming out the thirtieth of September. No, I, I was surprised for that reason. I was. I, it hasn't done anything to dampen my excitement, so I guess I didn't think of but it you, fr- fr- from that perspective. But I did think it was odd that, that it was like, oh, I thought they were putting that out after Shang Chi. I just in my head, I had decided, oh, that's why you're a logical person, long. John. But I yeah. also do. I wonder if there's some argument to be made within their mindset that like. Now Shang Chi gets to have its own moment where it's not like then being followed out. Like it's got a few weeks where there's nothing that people are clamoring for that's right. coming right it's, after it's it to kind of steal its moment. But I do right. think you're right that like there's still something. No, it, it's I I honestly feel like this flurry of trailers for stuff that's coming out in the last part of the year. I I don't know if the, if I think it feels sweaty or something, or but it does feel a little bit like they're trying to say, guys, they're still coming out. We're still putting these movies out, you know, like because it was the same week that we wondered about. Like I feel like two weeks ago we were talking about, oh wow, we haven't seen much on Eternals and there hasn't been anything on Spider Man. Are right. they going to do this? And it was like within the next two weeks, they they seem to double down on trying to reassure people that these movies are coming out when they're supposed to come out. And what you said, Steve, about maybe that's it. I do think maybe that's the way they'll handle this is that it would it would suck for them if Spider-Man underperforms because it's part of this experiment. Right. But right. I think they're prepared to burn off the rest of this year, everything they intended to put out just to be like... Yes. Because everything else is kind of a little bit... I mean, maybe there are dates attached that I just haven't thought about for things like Doctor Strange and that sort of stuff. But that sort of thing can get kind of moved around a little bit without seeming so, uh, you know, like a big change. Like, there, there's some reason why they want to seem bullish <laughs> about the next few months in terms of box office and everything else. But 
Um, I, I really don't think people are going to be showing up in droves to the theaters. But you know, no. who knows? Maybe by December things will be completely different. I just, I just can't picture it. I just think this is a shitty move, man. Like, I just it it hurts my feelings. I just think that there's there are ways that you can do this because you know this twenty fifth. What was it? The twenty third of 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 August. That date and September fifth wouldn't have made a difference in that thing doing the numbers that it did. People would have still been fucking going ape shit for this trailer. I just yeah. wish they would have waited just a little bit. It feels like they don't care, man. It feels yeah. like the run is done. Shang Chi. They did their promotion. Shang Chi's done. Shang Chi is done. I'm getting used to not. it too, Ronald. I hope not. Have you noticed that all the commercials either. for Shang Chi, the announcer us. now comes in and says the name really clearly? Like they've now got a guy coming in saying Shang Chi, yes, the Legend yes, of the yes. Ten Rings. It's like they want to make sure we all know yeah. because I think everyone in the world was saying it wrong, or at yeah. least everyone Shang-Chi, I heard. Yeah. Said and they it wrong. show like a year and a half. You know, the trailer now has that scene where Shang Chi is saying it to Aquafina. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's just trying to. No, there was the new trailer that came out that really was like, wow, this trailer was really trying to sell the fun and the action. And there's some yeah. a little bit more of a look at the fight choreography and stuff. It looks wild. Looks nuts. Yeah, I can't wait. I went and saw. Um, I went and saw. What well, you know? I won't review it here because John already talked about it. But I went and saw old and um, in theaters, and the the newer Shang Chi trailer was attached to it. And that trailer did more for me for this whole thing than really? any marketing. Oh my god, the newest trailer on the big screen. That makes like, me happy, man. knock me out, dude. Like, the <laughs> one that has, like, the hip-hop track over it. Yeah. It, it feels very energetic, and it's just kinetic, and, like, it just seems like, yeah, the fights and the humor and just, like, the, the lore of what they're trying to do with that character is just, yeah. it's just really, really good. I hope, and, I hope, I hope it just surprises everybody and just, I like, so fucking too. kicks ass. And I wasn't but, trying to, like, be a downer about it. It just, if, if I could speak pretty honestly about the way that it felt when i saw that i, I love spider-man you guys know we all yeah. love spider-man i just yeah. was like god just wait like two weeks you, you could yeah like you couldn't just it, it's totally and i'm not saying this to defend it mm-hmm. the, the reason that it came out when it did is because of the convent the cinema con yeah like yeah. that's that that Absolutely. and ghostbusters are like their big sony showcase and those yeah. are the two probably buzziest things coming out of CinemaCon. So like that's what they're going for. Like they're going for the win. Let's try to that, go to CinemaCon you know? next year, man. <laughs> it's it, in, in Vegas. Like, let's go to Vegas. Let's 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 yeah. stay in it's let's let them surprise us with a well, Marvel movie. Well, they had they had that. They had the Ghostbusters. They, there was like a Bond reel. I know mm. that they said that the um Matrix 4 reel was today that apparently was amazing. Yeah, Resurrection. What a cool name. Resurrections, yeah. So a lot of stuff coming out of there, but yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. The Spider-Man is definitely the, the big bomb of bombshell of the, I guess the whole week so far, but yeah. I don't know. Big numbers, big expectations. We'll see if it actually comes out in December. Yeah. We'll see. Right. <laughs> right. Probably not. <laughs> Let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll probably know in two weeks after yeah. Shang-Chi comes out. Yes. Um, yes. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, let's move in to, uh, to some of the reviews this week. Um, I'm excited to hear what Ronald thought of Candyman. I've been I've been yeah, waiting yeah. for this movie for it seems like forever. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, this is one of those movies. Uh, <clears throat> it just it's beautifully shot. Um, it has a very specific idea about what it wants to say, and I think because of that, that is going to split the room. 
because it yeah. feels so heavy-handed in this message, and it feels very necessary, right? Like, uh, Nia DaCosta um, really has an eye for creating this sense of dread and tension and stuff like that. Don't think of this as, like, you aren't going to get any jump scares. So, like, get that out of your head. But you will be tense <laughs> and, and worried for the entire movie. This movie wow. does a really good job of kind of depicting this tension there's a there's a there's layers and layers of this stuff man like the art world and it's and its perception uh you know it's kind of like black artists coming into spaces and being judged by their authenticity their their accounts of things and having them judged by the white gaze that's one layer of it and then kind of like gentrification and what that means for a neighborhood and and trauma but trauma that's really uh, and a lot of a lot of times whether people realize it or not handed down genetically there's been scientific studies that have proven that trauma is kind of genetically handed down from a general mm -hmm. from one generation to the other man so like there's this real heavy stuff that kind of wanders around in this movie so like if you're not prepared to to experience that stay out of this movie <laughs> but if you're ready to, if you're okay with the idea of being a little uncomfortable because it does make you uncomfortable and being put through some of the weirdest visuals man like it just is really good storytelling and and i think that that's kind of what's getting stuck in all of this stuff is i feel really bad because you know black artists are really in this cool space where movies are being made you know script idea to the to the screen and that yeah. is that's not a very uh old concept it's very new right especially in the horror space so coming in this i had a lot of hesitation you know i this is candy, man. I, I really enjoyed the first one. Um, I really enjoyed when we talked about it. Uh, well, but you know, when we talked about it, we th we thought it was the one thing it didn't do was ever really deal very clearly yeah. with any of the racial themes. It's like it used that for kind of window dressing, it felt yeah. like. And so I thought from the new trailer, it was obvious that this yeah. new version was going to deal with that stuff in a much more... Uh, kind of moral gray kind of way that it Does. was going to depict things in a different way. And I, so I guess I, I'm saying if there were people that were surprised by that when they saw this, they didn't very carefully watch the trailer because you could tell the yeah. the hints of it being like, and again, this is what makes it really exciting to me, I guess, is that they're actually going to deal with that stuff that the first movie kind of used as, uh, you know, uh, used as uh, like, to get you to get you drawn in, but never yeah. really wanted to deal with like the circumstances of what happened to the original Candyman and like the racism inherent of that, and then yeah. even just the fact that you've got like a white heroine in this in this uh, you know black neighborhood basically in the yeah. first movie, and that it, it doesn't really try to explain that. I don't know. I think oh, that it the, fleshes that out, man. No, I, I'm, I'm very mythology. excited about the new movie yeah. being made with that because I mean, again, the team that's behind it, you know, these people are going to say, yeah. "All right." let's make a movie for 2021 and maybe yeah. even let's reclaim some of the, 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 the missed opportunities of the first one. Uh, yeah. But, but there has been like a mixed reaction. I haven't really been reading many reviews. It, are, are there, are there issues that you, that you, that, that bumped you at all while you were watching it or was it yeah, pretty much I mean, a, a success for you? The, I guess the idea is like, this could have just been a slasher film. I mean, but it's not. And a lot of it is like, 
if if you remember the pacing of the first Candyman, it takes a little while before Candyman starts wreaking havoc, you know, and this does mm-hmm. too. So if if you're looking for like, you know, some James Wan <laughs> screaming at every turn and jump scares, and by the way, I gotta say this: James Wan is one of the best horror directors in the past couple of years. And, you know, his style of horror is something I think that we're getting adjusted. I th- when I hear people talk about scary movies, they're typically talking about his movies his, or his things that are under his banner presented by James Wan. Like that, that's typically what I'm I'm hearing when people talk about horror now. You aren't going right. to get that with this film. So, like, if if your expectations are to have like that sort of scare from 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 start to finish, that's not what you're going to get. So I, that's that's one of the things that I think is very hard when when you know if you're like oh have you seen Get Out oh also see Candyman they aren't the same movie they aren't like at all the same movie because people are kind of lumping them together I've been seeing people kind of yeah. saying like I'm I'm tired of these trauma movies like Candyman and Get Out like they're not the same on any level to me but um. I'd say that rubbed me the wrong way. The fact that the pacing is a little slower than than I would have liked. And it's not, like I said, it's not the film that I would necessarily like here watch this movie. You know how you could tell anybody to see Get Out? You'd be like, yeah. hey, go see Get Out. Yeah. You'll, it'll fucking, this will tilt people, man. There's a lot of people that will be very offended by the, 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 the messaging of this film. I'll say that. Wow. For real. Like, it's, it's not even like... I know that it will, because people don't aren't used to things having this kind of opinion about art and trauma and racism and you know this is it's different. It sounds it's like heavy. it's like if Get Out, it's like if Get Out was heavier. <laughs> it's like if Get Out was like I have a this, lot to say. And this sounds like so it's it, yeah I'm so yeah it's so interesting like I, I yeah I can't wait to see it. I feel like. It, it, it makes me like the way you're describing it is like, and what I've been reading about it makes me very concerned for the movie itself. Like, because oh, it seems right. like, yeah, it seems like the movie is going to like not do well, like from that divisiveness and like, especially right. of like what the marketing, you know, we get into this conversation a lot with the marketing of horror movies and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it, and it's very, very intentional that these horror movies can are, are great vessels to like make comments and statements about yeah. society and, and like, and it should be, and it always has yeah. been, and in yeah. a lot of ways, th- that's where it's most successful, you know. But I feel like certain films, while they, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say how I feel about it. But like, mm-hmm. even if it's a good movie, I feel like the audience expectation of like what they think a Candyman movie is going to be. Yes. It sounds like how divisive all these reviews have been, and even listening to your take on it, it makes me concerned that this movie is going to like not be well received by like a general movie going audience that, that decides to go see it. Cause it, right. it is like a theatrical, it's a theatrical only release. Right. I mean, like yeah. it's the universal's like yeah. standard, it's going to be out for a couple of weeks and then I guess be on video on demand. Yeah. That's um, what it seems like, man. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how well this does this weekend yeah. for sure. Yeah. Candy man. Can't, don't say it too many times. I, know, said it I got scared. Why don't you guys tell me about Reminiscence? 
Okay, the, I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, move on. Shortest, shortest review we've ever done in the podcast. No, uh, honestly, like I think there's a, I think there's a really like interesting uh, story in Reminiscence. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, like all these big idea sci-fi noir thriller kind of movies, like you know, uh, it's not as convoluted in general as I thought it might be from the trailers. Right. Like in terms of like how how layered it is, and like you know, like Inception, and you know, like uh, you know, because a lot of people were like thinking Inception type yeah, level yeah. stuff, and like all the meanings, and it's like there's 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 some ambiguity in the film, but I mean, it's a pretty straight narrative once it actually gets to what it's getting to at the end, without any spoilers. But I mean, I think that you know the world building it does, I think, has a really interesting premise. You know, like the world that they're in, I think, is actually really cool. Um, like the idea that, you know, these coastal cities like Miami and New Orleans are like half underwater and like yeah. the water is what is like segregating the demographics of the cities even more than they already were. And like just how violent it's just it's a pretty interesting idea, you know, that would force people to seek out a character like Hugh Jackman who has a service where like you basically can just relive your memories, like yeah. the good times, quote unquote, you know, the nostalgia of times when life was better. So, I mean, some of these things are really interesting. And, I mean, the mystery that exists inside of the movie, um, you know, is it, that, that's where I think it kind of falls apart. You know, like, I feel like it tries to pull, like, a little bit of a L.A. Confidential uh, vibe, which it doesn't really accomplish. Yeah. And um, I don't really think that anybody in the movie is particularly that good or, you know, who I like pretty much everybody in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman is one of my favorites. I love Rebecca Ferguson, Tandy Newton. I mean there's so many faces that pop up and you're like, Oh yeah, I recognize him or her. And they're usually pretty good and they're not really bad in the movie, but it's just the script's not that great. And, um, I think the movie kind of loses track of itself, like after like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, you don't really get a lot of these movies. So it's like, I don't know. I don't want to like look and get towards in the face and like, be like, don't make these movies, like make them, but maybe like, yeah. maybe make them a little better, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, what do you pro- think, Ronald? The problem, the problem with that is, Tenant could have been reminiscence. Um, Alien could have been reminiscence in the way that you have ideas that these are these are this isn't like this is a bad idea. This is incredible. The, like some of the things that they're doing in this film are very very cool, right? But yeah. then when you start, <laughs> then when you start doing like, oh, let's have like a. Uh, an, an Asian man that was put in a camp in New Orleans and now has a New Orleans accent and he's a crime boss that's with a heart of gold, but it's yeah. like, yo, who the fuck wrote this script? Like, the, you need to streamline some of these ideas and it sounds like this would be an incredible book. Not a good movie, right? <laughs> Not a good movie at all. Some things aren't... Sounds like a good graphic ones. novel. <laughs> yes, yes. That's exactly what... Good book, good graphic novel. There's something about the bones of this idea, like Steve was saying, that are just really cool. But where this thing fails is this execution, this character development. Um, there weren't that many visual effects, really. It's just like it. It kind of was. It also Hugh Jackman. This is the most unsexy I've ever seen Hugh Jackman, and I mean like just like. <laughs> They're forcing the sexy on Hugh Jackman. And I think his gift is in kind of just being himself, right? And he's just kind of like, 
you know, he's doing the, the, the look and trying to seduce people with his eyes and just like, what? Why would they do this to clearly? Many regard him as one of the most attractive people acting right now in the right. hist- in the past 20 years, right? And they're like, I want you to be sleazeball sexy. And I want you to also <laughs> be like a detective t- narrating this whole film. Just like, it's too many. This should have just been a detective story in a in an in one time that is not a dystopian future or something. It had too much, too many things. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, it 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 it's so Lisa Joy is the writer director. That's this is her feature directorial yes. debut. She, she's most known for Westworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lots of Westworld John, people. Her, in it. Yeah, her and Jonathan Nolan kind of do that series, and. Um, so the, the 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 feel is in this movie, like of those, you know, yeah. like it, there's there's some consistency there. So I mean, like some of it, and I think that's why I think some of it does work. And you know, I think the the reach just extends overextends, I think, a, a bit into the into what they what the most interesting stuff in the movie is. I think it just kind of gets a little convoluted by yeah. trying to be more than it needs. And like Cliff Curtis is in it, who is usually like I love him, and it's like what what he's doing in this movie is really weird. And, I don't know. It's just just some yeah. odd stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, but it's on HBO Max. It's also in theaters where it bombed. So uh, you know, I don't think many people want to see it. But I mean, if you have HBO Max, maybe maybe check it out. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's not something that I would recommend immediately. But if you're looking for something that's a little sci-fi e, no, don't Isn't watch Mal- it. I Malignant's <laughs> the next horror film, right? I mean, the next film on HBO. Day and date, uh, right? the day and date, I believe. So that's the James Wan one, right? Or the yeah. cowboy one, right? Or or the the Clint Eastwood one. Cry Macho. One. Yeah, but I think the, Malignant. I think Malignant, Malignant might be, be before one. that. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, don't wait. Wait for Malignant. <laughs> don't see this one. Yeah. Well, um, I think you another one that the two of you saw that I have not seen that I think Tag you actually liked a lot more. Again. Coda. And let's begin, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So this would be the opposite of right. reminiscence. Uh, I think Coda is my favorite movie of the year. Uh, wow. Just to kind of jump out hot with that real quick. I, I had heard really great things about this. I think it was like last year at Sundance or wherever where Apple bought it for like $25 million. It was a huge mm-hmm. bidding war. And it was like, where's this movie going to end up? Um, and, you know, I just had kind of had heard one of the film bloggers that I follow, um, Jeff Snyder, I listen to his podcast. He's been like just gushing over this movie forever. So when it finally came out, I was really, really excited to see it. And um, I was just completely bowled over by this movie. I don't know if it's just simply because of like maybe a lack of great movies recently or like, um, you know, needing some more emotion in my movie. I, I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but something just hit right for me. Um, this movie is on uh, Apple TV Plus, and I think uh, I want to say the filmmaker. What's her name? It's is it Sean or Shion? Um, she, I think she signed a development deal with them as a part of. Oh wow! As a part of them purchasing the film. Excuse me, when they got it, but. You know, basically, it's about a, a young girl who's like the only hearing member of a deaf family, and um, th- this dream that she has uh, of being a musician, being a singer, and like the push and pull of being that 
vital member of the family that kind of connects them to mainstream culture in their community mm. um, and being able to maybe pursue an opportunity to, to see your dreams through, you know? And so I don't know. It's really interesting movie. Like I can't recommend it enough. I think the performances are outstanding. I hope this movie somehow can find legs and stick around uh, come time for Oscar talk. Cause I think that the, the lead actress, um, Amelia Jones, who, I really haven't seen in anything else. I thought she was just phenomenal in this movie. And, um, you know, it's really an interesting movie to watch. Like, I would challenge anybody, even if it kind of sounds like you don't like watching movies with subtitles. Like, there's something so interesting watching this family interact with one another, um, you know, even through reading subtitles on the screen, just like the emotion that, you know, uh, 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 a person, you know, who uses sign language has to, you know, use their bodies to talk in ways and like, which I don't know that I've ever seen in much of as, as much as a, a prolonged period, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like as a full film, you know, where every single one, except for one of the main characters is doing that. And she's even doing it more than half the time. It's just, um, it's a really great experience. And like the performances across the board are amazing. The last 20 minutes, I think is just emotional crescendo. Like it was just, it was great, man. I just, I love this movie so much and I've recommended it to a bunch of people like that weekend I saw it. And I mean, every single person that I actually went through with it and watched it just got back to me. It was like, I love that movie so much. So I hope it finds people. Cause it's just a, a delight of a movie. what do you think, Ronald? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty spectacular, man. I think sometimes, um, I think there's like this treatment of people with disabilities. Like they, they don't have love and life and, they aren't sexy or whatever. Like I, that's a that's another right. thing, man. These this these parents are like infatuated <laughs> with each other. Yeah, they're hot for one another. And beautiful people, yeah. and beautiful yeah. people, real charismatic and super <laughs> like gutter mouth guy people yeah. who, who do it in sign language. And it's it it's conveyed in this way that just you you haven't seen people with disabilities portrayed in this way like it just hasn't been done like it humanizes people in a way that i just haven't seen before and that the sense of dread i think everybody's kind of felt this feeling where you want to separate from your parents and you don't know how to do it you know in a way right. that feels like like you know you you feel like everything's gonna break apart if you leave them and they make you feel like that you know and that yeah. is conveyed so well in this film and it's not done in like a like a terrible they aren't terrible people they're really just love the shit out of each other and the the thought of them living in different places or doing different things just is agonizing to them so yeah. seeing this happen play out in a cool way is just it is one of the best movies i think i've ever seen you know it's just like i get i get wow stories. Yeah, I mean, John, I can't wait for you to see it, man. Like, it's just there, there, there's so many, there's so many boxes that it checks, you know, in just terms of being an original story. You know, there's nothing, you know, we've seen these like coming of age movies. Like, there's a whole coming of age element of this character, his daughter, this teenager who's in, in in high school, finishing school to go to college. You know, there's there's you know this a love, you know, for with, with her or this character that she like, you know, kind of is pining after. There's all these things like, in this movie that are just things that happen in lots of movies. But I yeah. think this this movie just does a really great job of like balancing it all mm -hmm. around the idea of this family existing in a world that does not conform to them and they feel like they have to conform to. And 
the idea of taking the element out of their circle that helps them fit in is like the biggest challenge the family's ever faced. And it forces them to really realize like how they use their daughter in ways that maybe it's not fair to her. And, you know, it's just really emotional and it's just a really great, um, just love letter to like the, the strength of family, you know, I don't know. It just felt really good to watch this movie. Like it was such a positive experience. And I think we all, you know, need that right now. So if you have Apple TV plus, please, please find this movie. Coda, C-O-D-A, it's it's worth your time. I guarantee it. Yeah. No, I remember <laughs> when you first posted about being kind of blown away by it, Steve, that I was just like, yeah. okay, this must be something potent because you don't, you know, and then you kind of agreed on that same text thread, Ronald. So I was like, okay, we don't, you know, it's not like you said a lot about it, but normally that kind of emotional power, when we comment on that, there's usually yeah. something there. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing it. <clears throat> Cool. And what else we got? We got one more, one, one more right? movie that we've all seen that we all see. Yeah. Yes. So, John, why don't you why don't you talk, John, about Stillwater, John? Tell us what it is and uh, what you thought about it. Well, Stillwater is a movie that um, it's interesting because I think even when you see it listed, like its genre is listed as like drama, thriller, you know, like. It, it kind of is and isn't what you think it is. If you saw the trailer for it and it looked like a kind of like a Clint Eastwood movie or something like that, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you might be expecting it to be a little bit more reactionary or jingoistic or something. This character you think you've seen before, um, right. this American character who who goes into a situation and kind of barges his way in and uses his the power of his Americanness, <laughs> you know, to like set things right and, and even or die trying. Um, but I think one one of the things that's interesting about the character that Matt uh, Damon plays in this movie, and we are pretty much with him the whole time, it's, it's sort of the movie refuses to give him that yes. that storyline that we've seen before it refuses to give him that solution where him you know and you could say Americanness you could say patriarchal whatever you could say whatever that kind of I mean if you wanted to make it more I don't know if the, there's much of a, like a racial element in the movie but there is there are some racial themes going on with like the 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 people who might get blamed for the crime and that sort of stuff so there's some like racism against Arabs in this movie for sure but it's not like as front and center as just the kind of that somehow this guy's whiteness is still a big part of the movie you know <laughs> yeah and and like the just the notion that he thinks he can go into any situation and kind of and kind of just force his way through it it even though this is not a guy who's particularly confident or particularly like he's he he kind of gets swept up in it a little bit but he's trying to help his daughter in a situation where it's basically ripped from the Amanda Knox storyline, but uh, it's moved to Paris. But it's basically just this idea of a guy whose daughter has been in prison for five years in 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 France, and it's a crime he doesn't believe she committed. Um, and he is going over there to to sort of help her out. She's got a message she wants to get to a, to her lawyer, and there's like a little bit of a back and forth there. But it, after a while, it seems like the dad feels that he's the only chance she has to sort of ferret out the truth behind this case and maybe find the person that really did it. And you are sort of getting ready for that type of uh, street justice kind of movie that, that could easily have been made with this storyline. And yeah. yet, you know it's a Tom McCarthy movie. And it's set in France, yes, but it's also written, I think, by a couple of French writers. There was just a little bit about the way this movie, the, like the people behind this movie, that made me think, oh, this this isn't going to be that jingoistic portrayal. It, it's not going to be that, you know, kind of like 
worship of the the man with the gun kind of guy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's much more deconstructive than that. I, I I won't say that the movie didn't kind of threaten to lose me with its like loose rhythms and it's like the way that it's but it's a tom mccarthy movie so i was kind of ready for it to be sort of have quiet moments in it and, and stretches where maybe not a lot seems to be happening but i thought there was some really good uh like kind of delicate acting i think matt damon is one of those people whatever you think of him personally he's capable of like really playing the character and getting into it and i thought he was a little sling blade in this like he was playing this guy as a little bit of like a cartoonishly taciturn uh, you know, stoic person, but there were some moments of almost humor that came from, like, there's even a moment where the question of who this guy voted for comes up, and you realize you've right. been kind of waiting for, you've been you've been kind of wondering that about him the whole time too. <laughs> and the movie, I think, sidesteps it in a way that lets him be like still a little bit of a cipher, but he's also kind of an empty guy or just like a slow. He's a guy who kind of moves towards a task and just does it. But he's not a flashy character, and it's not like a, you know, it's not that movie. It's not Death Wish or whatever you think it might be, some guy hitting the streets and cracking heads. Um, anyway, I, I I enjoyed it for all the reasons that it kind of surprised me. I, I, I do think that when I got to the end, I was, it was one of those movies where I was kind of like, oh, whew, it's I'm done. It, you know, it's, it's like two hours and 20 minutes and very slow-paced. But um, there's some cool stuff in it. And there was even like a little bit of that kind of, meditative idea that like it ended on a note like no country for old man uh, country for old men or a, or a story like that where you you're realizing this person this main character is kind of witnessing the world moving on without them and seeing how you know maybe pondering their own relevance to anything that ever happened <laughs> it's uh i don't know it's uh, you know i guess i'm talking it up in a way it definitely had a lot going for it uh what did you guys think of stillwater steve I was surprised how much I liked it. I think to be honest with you, like I, I didn't really like know a whole lot going into it outside of like the headlines that were kind of hitting the week after it had been out in theaters or so, like with the Amanda Knox, you know, kind of speaking out on, you know, kind of like using her story without really talking, you know, basically involving her at all right. in this whole thing, even though it's not like not based on it, inspired by whatever you want to, I don't know the proper term, but so that kind of is what, you know, put it more on my radar. I was like, I was more so curious at that point yeah. um, because the trailers didn't really do much for me. But I no. mean, when it came on to VOD, you know, this week, it was like, yeah, I'll check it out. But I don't know. I really like Matt Damon. I think he's really good in the movie. I mean, like it, it's 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 kind of one of those things like you were saying, John, where the character is like it, he's kind of like an empty character that kind of sees one thing that he wants to get done, which is try to help his daughter. Yeah. who you know he's kind of been absent for for the majority of her life or not there for for the majority of her life and you know that that's kind of really where he comes alive and when he meets that family in france and you know kind of has this relationship with the daughter there kind of as a you know it kind of i think that's where some of the character stuff comes out the best you know and mm -hmm. that's kind of where some of the best work is done in the movie by matt damon and that young actress too i think she's great in the movie um but yeah i don't know i was kind of surprised like kind of how on, like I couldn't peg the movie, the, you know, the, the, yeah. the through the movie as you're watching it, it does kind of shape shift from time to time to feeling like it's going to be like uh, a true crime, like procedural, whatever, or you know, like a revenge thing, you know, or you know, take a turn or whatever, and it kind of ends up, you know, on a note that's a little more melancholy, and it's kind of like what's going on, yeah, um, in 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 life, you know, like I don't know, it, it was way more meditative than I thought it would be. Like by the time we got to the end of the movie, but I did think the performances were really good. The story I thought was pretty interesting, and um, 
I just feel like it's like a it's like another one of these like weird movies that like you want them to still be making, but it's like this movie comes out in theaters and I don't feel like anybody's talking about it. You know, and it mm-hmm. stars a big star. Yeah. Um and well it didn't uh, look good. The trailer like you said. Right, the trailer, that's what I'm saying. The trailer didn't do anything for me. Um and like enough of the like I like Matt Damon, so I want to watch it. it. Was there for me, but I was like, I'll watch it when it comes out, and then when it dropped early, or you know, because of the VOD stuff. Like, I don't know. It just uh, it surprised me. I'll be honest. Like, I, I it's not like a great movie. Like I, I I did like it more than I thought I would, and um, I would say for sure for the performances, which are all really good. And I mean, I think for the kind of movie it ends up being, I think my biggest complaint would really be that I feel like it gets to. Like in the third act, a lot of that stuff is sped up too much for yeah, like you said, as long as long as the movie is, there was a lot more free, you know, there was more time to develop some of that stuff or to kind of like pace some of it out more. And it kind of rushes in that last like 20, 30 minutes. Um, I think it's one of those intentional things that doesn't work that well. I mean, that doesn't work towards the the the, the drama of the movie because I think they're trying to do something deliberate by saying that all this important stuff happened off screen off screen right. while, like while we're watching a guy kind of spinning his wheels. But I right. agree that you can only go so far with that premise before the movie itself starts to seem like, well, why are you showing me the story you're showing me then? <laughs> if the exactly. whole point is that this is not where it's happening. Um, but right. no, I, I agree that some of that stuff felt like particularly rushed, especially, yeah, given the slow pace of the thing. Yeah. What about you, Ronald? I know um, you had some thoughts on it. Yeah. Sometimes I think there's like this idea that I don't know, man. We we it's a genetic lottery. We you you kind of are you're you're born where you're born, and you and you are the person you are because of the set of circumstances that you live under, right? And then you have a guy that's like put in a place that's totally different than what he knows, and the stuff starts blossoming around him. And I think it was obviously awful circumstances. His his daughter was accused of murder and. She went to jail for five years, but like, you know, it, it is it is super sad that like, you know, you kinda this is a, a guy in a southern state and he's living his life, he's doing construction, and he could have been a, a cool Frenchman. You yeah. know, it's it's just that when you travel, you realize that that's that's all it is. It's just a genetic lottery. People just get plopped in places and they look so I have Ronald, I just want you to know you could have been a cool Frenchman too. Thanks, I mean man. Thanks, man. I actually view you as a cool Frenchman oh, already. That is very nice. But um, with no, with no, no, no French speaking, <laughs> no French. like it's just a random thing <laughs> I've assigned to you. So, what does a cool <laughs> Frenchman do? If we're assuming, like, a, if we're if a basic um, Frenchman has like a, a, a striped white and black shirt on and a beret, and he's beret, got like he's yeah, riding I'm a bike sure. with a baguette in the in the basket yeah, on the front, he he's going he like, ah, ha, ha. If he that's works a basic in a small Frenchman, cafe, he, he he makes. What does a cool Frenchman do? I don't know, man. I went to this. I went to this. Uh, I was just God. I don't know if I can sound like an asshole right now, but Aaron and I stayed in Bastille, which is a part of, of Paris, right? And we uh, used to go to the for the like the week and a half that we were there. We went to this cool ass croissant place that made a limited amount of croissants. They had espresso, and they had a couple pastries, and that was it. And every time we go, it was like six o'clock in the morning. We we stand in line. There were about fifty people in line. So if you didn't get in line right within this time, and there were some cool, beautiful people there, 
And I was like, man, I could be, <laughs> I could, I could, I could live here and, and, and so, come so, to this place. so the cool Frenchman just gets up at five thirty to get in line yeah. early to rise, early to rise, that's read, the key. Read the newspaper. Um, but yeah, I think there's something about he's not as he's not as hollow as I thought he was, and I think that is yeah. really just kind of a sign to. You know, when you grow up, you feel like you have to be like the people around you. you know? Right, right. And that's it. You know, when you make the choice to, to, to do something different, it just. And I don't think that the ending of this movie is as inconclusive as people keep saying. I've read like 20 reviews because I'm like, why do I like this movie so much? And the reviews seem to be so like the 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 ending is inconclusive or it didn't make any sense. It made perfect sense to me sometimes i mean are we going to spoil it or we're not going to well, i don't gonna... know if we have to spoil it if, if we just want to say that at okay, the end so he seems to be accepting that yeah, his situation yes. has kind of blown up like he yes, that right. new life he found has kind of blown up but and he's just when... accepting of that as opposed yeah. to trying to do anything to fix it and i think that right. is the thing that might be maybe that's throwing some people off i thought that really spoke to the way this character is oriented yes. that he's just like okay like i'm ex- he's almost a sort of uh, just you know, don't be sad. It's over. Be glad it happened. Is it, a little bit in this character, yeah. um, but I think you're right, Ronald. That part was very striking. That the the way that the what some people would call unresolved um, was uh, very yeah. Was it was a, like it, it's about a, it's about something unresolved, but that doesn't mean yeah. the movie is unresolved. With the information that he found out, there was no way that he could have lived the life that he wanted to live. Right. There's no other way around it. I mean, in people's imaginations, you you may have been able to. But there's no way you could live that. <laughs> and not to mention beyond what he found out, like what he did. What he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Like when that when that part like again, no spoilers, but there's something that happens that he's mm-hmm. a part of. And when that happens, there's no there's no reality in which yeah. he continues his life, you know, of, of comfort that he's found in, right. in Paris. Like and, and 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 it's it's down to what I was saying before about what you see on screen with the character, what the movie chooses to show you. The movie chooses to show you a sort of a sanitized version of that, but it's owning up to the reality of what happened. And the reaction yeah. to what he did is very real. Yeah. And he's yes. treated differently yeah, after that. And yeah, it's absolutely. like we feel that go away. And you know what movie it reminded me of? I don't know if you guys saw this movie, but it had a similar sort of arc in the last like it was heading towards a certain des- destination that was similar. Is the pledge? Oh Jack, yeah, yeah. Jack Nicholson's definitely. character in that does a very similar thing as far as yes. like his upset he he's got an opportunity to have like a life and then his obsession and his life have a clash and he yep. chooses the obsession over the life. Oh geez, yeah, and it's very tragic. I mean, it actually that movie is an extremely upsetting movie because you really do wish similar to this character. Although I do think that maybe in the pledge he's a little bit more dynamic of a character, so it's more emotionally raw. But you found yourself kind of wishing happiness for this character of Matt Damon in this movie. You know, like yeah. you kind of yeah. want him to find something. Absolutely, um, and and you're a little sad to see that mo- that pivotal moment when you see him having to go. All right, what am I? What am I all about? And he has yep. to choose, and what he chooses, yeah, sets the tone for for the ending we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I was I was I actually re- I thought the movie was much better than I thought it would be. So I mean, this would definitely be something. I feel like most people I'd recommend it to would probably enjoy it. I mean, yeah. it's I think I think there's enough there, especially you know, again, he's a he's a star. I mean, I think Matt Damon is you know he's not. I mean, this year he's actually got a couple of movies coming out. Um, but he hasn't been in a ton recently. But yeah. uh, I just feel like you know when he does pop up. He's. I feel like he's always interesting, and I mean, he's yeah. always. It turns in 
really solid performances. And I mean, this is another one I think that's a little more toned down, but I mean, like really tuned into what's happening uh, with his character through the whole time uh, of the movie. So I don't know. I, I'd recommend checking it out. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, what else? Anything think, else you guys want to mention? I think that's all. all right, so Any also rants? Cool. I, I would mention just very quickly, uh, I've started watching a couple of new Netflix shows and I have not finished their seasons, but I really enjoyed the first couple episodes of The Chair, uh, which oh, is a I new kind of that. sort of sitcom about academia. Um, uh, and it's, you know, it's got some some of our favorite character actors in it. But it, it what what's really kind of interesting is how it goes after this uh you know, that venue of the academic world, which is a very fertile for a sitcom type treatment, especially a kind of a, you know, single camera, uh, like a prestige style sitcom. But then mm. it, you bring in the kind of, you know, there's a lot of stuff to then tackle within like the kind of th- social themes that we've been talking about. The kind, there's like the, the racial aspect and the gender aspect and the kind of age, ageism in different directions. And uh, Sandra Oh is a great... Uh, is a great lead character and Jay Duplass is, is good. I mean, everybody in this is kind of like playing their type and it's almost like it actually from the first episode felt very like, wow, this is really just one of those smart, fast character comedies. That's like Jay Duplass's character in, in, um, in particular is like this guy who he's, you're used to liking this character. And yet this show like defies you liking this guy but right. you but you feel the rhythms of the story where you're supposed to find him kind of charming but you're going like wait a minute this guy is just like the the premise behind him is a little bit that he's this he's this white uh, professor who kind of gets by while uh this 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 well there's a there's a black woman and the um character played by Sandra Oh you feel like they they've had to struggle more to get where they're you know get to get close to tenure and to get where they're at in their careers and here's this guy who's kind of failing upwards or at least in a holding pattern and he's a complete fuck up um you know little things like that that I I bet over the course of the season are really going to develop into some kind of a storyline but just from the first episode it's great job of drawing in all the characters and like I said you'll you'll love some of the the character actors that show up in this thing and then the other thing I want to mention we we invoked um uh, uh, get out earlier, and there's another show that's got like okay, now Catherine Keener is like okay, I can be creepy. I know. Oh yeah, and this show is very bizarre. Uh, but I've the only cherry watched, flavor. Yeah, brand new that cherry one? flavor, which is like uh, Catherine Keener plays a witch in that, and it is one of the crazy. I mean, just after I've watched three of them. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy if you've read a lot of horror fiction or you've seen a lot of the kind of stories that people tell, maybe in comics and stuff. But it's very raw and just, it's got one moment of like physical abuse in it that is so shocking and changes the tone of the story you're watching. Um, But outside of that, most of the biggest moments have been these kind of gross out moments that are, or just shocking moments that are tied to this sort of horror premise. Um, And it's a little stilted, and there's maybe some parts where the tone, they're kind of finding their way. But once you're established into like the the plot of the season, um, I would say it was a really, like, I I can't wait to watch more to see what happens in the thing. But it's, it's, it might not be everyone's cup of tea. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of too much for some folks. And I think that's it. I think those two shows, they're both Netflix things and they're both brand new right now. So I'm going to probably watch an episode of The Chair uh, and uh, what's it called? Brand New Cherry Flavor tonight when we finish recording. Cool. That's exciting, man. I'm going to check those out. 
Also going to have some uh, uh, greasy fry bread. Greasy, greasy fry bread. Did you watch Reservation Dogs? Or have I am I the only one that watched it? Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Yes, yes, right. yes. That's a great show, man. Shows do a good job with fake rap music, I find. Like, I, I love, I love Paperboy. <laughs> and I, I think Greasy Fry Bread could be a hit. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's it for me. Hey, Steve, you? Um, I don't think I'm good. I think that's it, really. Okay. Enough movies this week. Yeah. Um, moviesreview.com is the website. Uh, you can go there to check out all the past episodes of the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on that page by hitting the link to whichever your favorite podcast app is. And if any of those podcast apps happen to have an option to review, rate, or share the podcast, any of those three things, if you could do one of them, it'd be much appreciated. Um, we also have all the socials, so Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're there, slash movie schmovie, if you can find us there. Maybe maybe just follow us there if you want to keep in touch with uh, – with what we're putting out, because we post everything there as well on a weekly basis. But most importantly, the podcast, if you could subscribe, I mean, so we know who's listening and we can reach out every week. <laughs> um, I don't know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I know two weeks, hopefully we'll have some chance at seeing Shang-Chi. But uh, I don't know, maybe we can plan out some sort of themed episode or a list episode, something something a little different. Yeah. We've been doing a few catch-ups yeah, here recently, but I mean, it'd be cool to maybe do something like that. But you'll see soon enough fellow listeners and uh you know so will i i'm curious myself yeah, you can say, fellow on. listeners you consider us to be yeah. listeners of the show yeah i'm 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 listening we're the first listeners I'm, I'm like we are the early adopters of this pod uh so yeah. you know present company included uh but yeah thanks so much for listening uh and as always you made our day thanks bye